welcome to Live Your Own Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Jacobs, today, and I am interviewing Darren Toyne, one of my coaching clients. Uh, with this interview in Darren, we cover a lot about how he's been low carb for several years. He was still carrying excess weight and experiencing bloating. We chat about the changes we made that helped him lose the weight, feel the best in decades, and love the food that he is eating, as well as the experiences of cooking the food. Darren raced Bustleton 2019. It was he's raced several Ironmans previously, but that race he felt fantastic despite traveling for weeks of work. We chat about how he managed that travel, accepted what he could and couldn't get done, and still had an enjoyable race despite far from ideal preparation. His trigger phase is priceless that he used during the race. Forgive, forget, and focus. We chat about that throughout. Darren begins by telling us about himself, his job, and his triathlon past experiences, both the good and the funny. After the chat, I analyse what we talked about and give you some practical recommendations for you to take away and ideas that may help you. So don't miss that at the end. Hope you enjoy this chat with Darren Toyne. My current job is I'm the general manager of an equipment hire company in, in mining equipment rental. Um, and pretty much most of my life I've been involved in, in mining. Um, and that's pretty much how I got started on low carb way back in about 2011 when I was working overseas in Africa in Kenya and Tanzania. Um, quite a number of South African guys on the site that I was working um, and introduced me to some of the readings and uh, podcasts, etc., from Tim Noakes. Um, so I got my hands on The Real Mill Revolution, which was my first real book that I read and been hooked ever since from that point in time. Nice. Um, and you've, since 2011, you've done a few Ironmans? Yeah, so I'm up to about 10 or 11 in total. Um, it's sort of a, a bit of an addiction. I got started and, yeah, I, I love the sport. And enjoy the endurance side of it, and um, I find the, the low carb side of things works very, very well for endurance sport. Yeah, so um, one of those races you took in cheese sticks and green tea in Melbourne Ironman um, a few years back, was it? Yeah, so Melbourne um, back in 2015, um, I was very much doing banting the, the Tim Noakes stuff at, at the time. Um, and I was trialling cheese sticks as my fuel source for the fat. Um, and for the majority of time, it, it was great because, you know, I got that fat hit. Um, didn't require anything else. Um, I had a little bit of green tea for fluid just to mix the taste up probably more than anything than just drinking water all the time. Um, and successfully completed it in sort of high 10-hour time, so... But when you uh, so when you contacted me, you told me the story about that, but said it wasn't necessarily the best approach. You thought, and I might be able to, you know, help you refine your approach with nutrition in the race, so it wasn't having um, hot, soggy cheese sticks in the marathon. Yeah, so <laughs> my, the Ironman after that was two thousand and eighteen, New Zealand, and I encountered a very very hot day, and that's exactly what I got, and a whole lot of stomach discomfort as a result of eating. <laughs> cheese sticks that have been sitting out on all day in my back pocket, so to speak. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think we, we came up with a fairly 
good plan. But in between um, then, which was three or four months ago now, um, you know, you you do a lot of traveling for work. So the demands on you physically um, and fatiguing, obviously airline travel is fatiguing in itself, but being um, not being able to fit in the training, then you kind of set yourself back doubly. So how have you sort of managed that? I mean, you've got a, a personality that really likes to, you know, you really get the training done if you've got, if you're not falling asleep at the wheel, basically, you, you get the training in. Um, so how have you sort of managed that travel and demands to get the sessions in? Well, the key is to plan in advance because I guess if I know where I'm going, I can go and research whether there's a pool or, you know, I can go and run or there's a, there's a gym where I can jump on a spin bike or um, once upon a time I used to always travel with my bike but some of the remote locations that I go to now, that's not as easy. So I I can't take my bike anywhere and it's typically running and swimming when I travel or the odd spin bike if I can get on one. Yeah. And you were just like, it was only two weeks out from um, Ironman Bustleton this year when you got home from nearly two weeks away in North America. Um, so it ended up being a bit of a run run block and in freezing cold conditions, a lot of it. So a lot of it was just gym. So a lot of, sort of detrimental inputs being, you know, no warmth, no sun in the gym and no, you didn't have your bike either. So it was how you, you sort of made the most of that and, well, we made the most of it. We did some really good long runs on the treadmill and, and just tried to fit it in in between all those travel days. Yeah, it was quite tough um, because what I was doing is I'd be typically – either driving or meetings all day and then typically at the end of the day jumping on a flight. I mean, I did 10 flights in 12 days. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't a lot of time in the evening or during the day to do any training. So I was literally jumping on a treadmill in the morning because you couldn't go outside because for the majority of the trip, it was anywhere between minus 10 and minus 20 for the, you know, a foot deep of snow. So you couldn't go running outside. Um, and then I got one weekend where I found a really good gym that had a 25-metre pool, so I had two days of swimming. Um, but outside of that, it was just treadmill every morning. And, and then occasionally, if I had an evening where I wasn't on a plane, I'd do another session there as well. Yeah, pretty pretty amazing. And then two weeks, that was just two weeks out from um, Bustleton when you got home and a couple of, couple of rides for a week or so and then travel over to Bustleton, which is a is a fairly big day of travel in itself too. Um, so back to about two months ago, so you were about 86 kilos or something um, and you got a, you'd been high fat, low carb for, for many, many years, but were still carrying like a bit of excess weight that wasn't shifting really, um, even though training was starting to get a bit more consistent in that period. Um, and then you actually got a stomach bug and um, at that point, I sort of said that you were still trying to get in coconut cream and protein powder, just trying to get calories back in. And I just sort of said, look, just don't eat unless you're really hungry. Wait until the gut's happy to eat. And when you do eat, go for a bone broth or even better, maybe just a steak because bone broth could be high histamine if it's not fresh, um, which could be an issue of inflammation as well. So... 
you got back into steak first off and left everything else behind and, and never looked back. Well, best thing I've ever done. Um, it, it's been an amazing uh, ride, that. I mean, I jumped on the scales this morning just as a check-in to see how I've travelled. I hadn't been on them for, since pre-Ironman and I've lost even a little bit more weight, so I'm back down to 71, um, feeling the best I've ever felt. And this Ironman was the first Ironman of the, the 10 plus that I've done that I've never had any gut issues. Um, I didn't have to carb load the night before, carb load the morning um, and worry about when I was going to get my next lot of carbs on the, the bike and the run. It was really good. Yeah. Um, so, well, just through training. So, you basically, you became carnivore. So, you were low carb anyway, but now you're just, you're not, you're not having your green smoothie. You're not having your coconut cream. You're not looking for extra calories. You were just eating what was available. Um and basically that was just the meat that you could find in the supermarket at the cafeteria or, you know, your, your special slow-cooked brisket at home. Um, were you ever found that you were wanting for energy or hunger or any of that? No, I, I don't think the hunger, because once I did those calculations on how much I needed um, to satisfy what you do need, you know, because that was one of the unknown things where, yeah, you're going to go and eat a steak, but how much steak do you eat? Um, and, and the quantity based on that three grams of protein per kilo of body weight worked in really well. And it was actually quite satisfying. Mm. Probably initially, if anything, I had a bit of fatigue. I was probably just a little bit tired. Um, but once I got through that, it was the dead opposite. I was more alert, slept, actually slept better than I've ever slept. Um, and everything just fell in place. That's um, too easy. <laughs> um, and then a part of that though was that some of the fat that you were consuming as we said coconut cream um, olive oil I mean it's it's so called people think it's healthy but at the end of the day it still can be processed it's still a very high amount of fat from a location that's a long way from where we live um, the olive oil can oxidize a bit so we we get all these other factors that are not local fresh foods that you know would be found in abundance for from our ancestors so you got into the meat and then it was sort of like well what are you going to have leading into the race and um so talk us through that your mindset you did you weren't keen to change anything really before the race you didn't introduce eggs or fish at all so pre-race tell us what you had basically the day before so the day before, um, I probably had about three to 400 grams of mints, uh, grass-fed mints, the day before for breakfast. Um, had a, about a 250-gram steak for lunch, um, and then probably had a, about 400 grams of an, another steak for dinner. Um, I, I just tried to keep it very simple. Um, on stuff I'd had, and, and I guess where I was staying as well, I didn't have the cooking facilities with a slow cooker or anything. Yeah. Care anything any any better than that? <laughs> yep, but that's not bad because, like you said, it's what you knew, it's what you've been having every day, um, and you knew it wasn't going to be any issue. Um, and then in training for the to get away from cheese sticks and green tea, we were trialing a bit of everything in in training. Um, as we said, it was somewhat limited in some of the sessions because you were away for two weeks without the bike. But we managed to do enough sessions where you were able to trial 
what it was that helped you feel it, it gave you alertness, which is energy is just the brain. You know, the, um, the central governor theory is if your brain's happy, then you're going to be happy. Hence, when you mentioned the green tea from years ago for that change in flavor, I mean, that's just keeping the brain happy. Um, and so that's what we were aiming for. What, what's going to give you alertness, uh, but also taste and satisfy you. And so we tested quite a few things and you found that the keto salts that you were using, which have uh, a bit of amino acids, it's got potassium, it's got the um, keto salts in uh, chloride as well. So you had a good mixture of salts and minerals and amino acids and it had a bit of a flavor as well which would have given a bit of a kick to just your taste buds and so in training you found that that was the thing that really pumped you up on the bike um, you found that caffeine didn't do much in training um, and we made a plan that was pretty much along that a bottle of water and salt and then a bottle of the keto um, salts and you did put in some dextrose in that one as well didn't you Right. Um, yeah. So that was about two, we ended up with a 2% mixture of carbohydrates from the dextrose. So that just worked out, was feeling great in, in training. And the plan was that that was sort of last you, one bottle of that would last you basically almost two hours. One at the start and with a bottle of water switching out, that's two bottles for the first half of the bike. And then more at special, same at special needs. But as it was, it was a really cold day, a really, really hot day. And you'd frozen your drinks. So when you got to special needs and at the start of the bike, well, special needs, it was cold and just was so delicious having something cold that you you just necked it within, you know, sort of 10 or 15 minutes. I did, yeah, yeah. I didn't uh, space it out as we'd planned because, I mean, in, in training, obviously did a lot of my training on, on the trainer, literally inside, and it was very controlled, I guess, environment where you know, when I got to special needs and the sensation of how cold it was going down my throat it just felt so good i just kept pushing it down my throat <laughs> um, just for the relief to sort of um feel better because of the heat and, and for no other reason it wasn't that i required the, the energy it was just the, the real coldness of the drink made such a difference to yeah which is why we froze it because we knew that that was going to be a, a key factor of just staying cool at any opportunity was going to give you more energy i guess in a way towards the end because you're not going to have as much fatigue on the nervous system if you can keep your heart rate down a couple of beats because it's cooling uh more efficiently um but at the same time there's there's a there's a lot of funny things that are not um proven there's no evidence either one way or the other really but being on a really low carb diet your your body just seems to do more with less so the fact that you, well, obviously with carbohydrates, it can do more with less. That's proven if you're fat adapted. But I'm talking about like salts, fluid, and those sort of factors that even though you'd necked everything and it went down quickly, um, you felt fine. At no point did you cramp. You didn't um, fatigue muscular-wise and... You were, you were more than, you had more than enough salts, even though it was a really stinking hot day. And yeah, the body felt good. Is that how you perceive that the, the body seems, obviously you can salt load, there's some evidence for salt loading. Um, but yeah, your requirements of everything on the day are, are less. Absolutely. I mean, I wasn't, as I said, the only thing I craved on that day was 
cold fluid going down my throat for the sensation um, not to fuel me in any other way. Like I wasn't feeling like hungry or de deprived of, of, of food or energy in, in any other respects. Um, it was just a really, really hot day. And I guess if you look at any of the photos post the event and all the salt that actually came out of me, um, that was an indication of you know, the only thing that I was requiring. Yeah. And then, but unlike in training, you found on race day that when you had 100 milligrams of caffeine, um, was that, at whereabouts was that, that you really felt a kick? I took um, 100 milligrams of caffeine at 140 k's on the bike. Yeah. Um, and I took that more because I was having some back spasming cramps, um, which I attributed to the different position in my wetsuit in the swim, whether that mm. was the reason or not, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I was just hoping it was going to help alleviate the pain more than anything else. But actually, at that point in time, it, it did give me a, a fair kick. It just turned on um, all my systems and I felt a lot more powered for that last 40 k's to finish very, very strong. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of factors. Yeah, the, the back spasms, as we said, potentially from the wetsuit, but then there's also the... Um, you know, all that travel that you did for two weeks, I mean, you're a different time zone, you're getting different input from food, you're getting different information from light, temperature, sitting, airline travel, so much stress on the body that is producing different information um, and input. Uh, it could have just been as well as that, just that the, the cells were just still stressed from all of that travel that you'd done. Um, and even as we said, the flight over to Bustleton's no easy flight, and you only headed over there on the Thursday, right. and the race was on Sunday. Sunday, yeah. So travel all day Thursday. You've only got sort of two days: one day to loosen up a bit, one day to rack the bike and rest, and then it's game on. Um, so yeah, those sort of things is is what we'll be trying to just mitigate a little bit, because uh, your next goal is Ironman Cairns. So um, yeah, it'll be it'll be good to build on what we've we've done here and what you've learned, and take it into Cairns with so much more knowledge. And now, as as we said just before we started recording, yeah, you've now that your race is not imminent, you've reintroduced eggs, and we're going to reintroduce fish as well, because um, or mussels, oysters, whatever it is that you want for some seafood, because we really want to make sure that we're bumping up the DHA and I mean unless you're eating lamb's brains every couple of every few days like I don't I don't know I probably have them maybe once a fortnight or so but the DHA in fish um, yeah seems to be crucial as well to the function of the cells so um, I think reintroduction of some things could potentially you know make you even even more powerful and healthy but a big thing for you was always sleep as well, which is obviously huge mitochondrial stress if you don't get to bed early. Um, so what have you learned about uh, the impact of sleep and getting home late from work and trying to train late? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's probably one of the biggest learnings throughout the whole process where, I mean, sometimes I was, as you know, um, coming home from work and literally falling asleep, then trying to catch up training and just digging a bigger hole for myself and I become more fatigued, sleep worse, um, where what I learned was to probably not stress so much about that 
you know, do what sessions you can, do them properly, um, and make sure that you get your sleep. Don't try like I was very guilty of doing a lot of sessions to you know, 10, 11 o'clock, even midnight sometimes, just to get a session in. But what would happen is that the sessions following that in the next couple of days would suffer as a result because I didn't sleep very well that night and it slowly caught up with me. And yeah, and we don't know the impact could be, yeah, the impact could be weeks of that losing circadian rhythm with one late night like that could potentially be really bad. I mean, unless you're... Unless you're in the, unless you're down there in the dark with just a red globe, and you know, no, no other blue light, which you know potentially is an option um, for people that really want to biohack the the sleep but get the training in. Um, that's one one option. So we kind of came up with this new rule for the new new training, which you've you've bounced, you you've recovered so well from busted, and you were running back a few days later, um, ten or eleven k's just three or four days later, and and now, you know, right into the training. Um, so the new rule we kind of came up with, basically, if it's not a commute home from work, either running or riding, that you're not going to bother training it once you get home at 7.30 at night and you're wrecked, there's no point trying to fit in dinner, food prep maybe for the next day and a session. Um, you're better off getting good circadian rhythm, getting to bed on time and making sure that you nail the next morning session and potentially then you can fit in lunch and evening the next day um, as best you can because you'll feel good because I think that's the big, the big concept is energy. And a lot of the people that I'm listening to and learning, it, it's the mitochondrial energy. And so if the mitochondria are healthy with circadian rhythm, with information from food um, and information from our emotions, that's where our energy production is. Those are our batteries in our body. So it's crucial that we're, we're, looking after the battery and not worrying about just trying to exhaust the battery with training to get fitter. But um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been really cool. Um, all that we've learned in the last few months and everything that we've trialed has basically worked where we've got to. And yeah, we're not, we're not saying to everyone that they need to be carnivore, but just going off how you have felt to this point, what are, what are things that if you were to look at, let's say besides eggs and fish, or let's say seafood, any seafood. Are there other things that you you feel that you want to introduce, or are you still having you're still having some coffee? Yeah, so I still have coffee. I have one coffee a day. Um, uh, I, I either use that as a, a pre workout um, if I'm doing a, a tough session, yeah. um, especially starting very early because it kind of wakes me up a little bit as well. To, yeah. to do, but if I'm not, I've just had an average sort of session where I don't need that prior. Um, I just have a mid-morning coffee, and that and that's an iced long black, so very diluted with water. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't crave it any more than that. It, and it, again, it, it's a bit like the green tea, uh, probably because I drink so much just water. Typically, it's yeah. more just for a different flavour than anything for the taste buds to just mix it up. Um, yeah. I'm a little bit like yourself. I got the soda stream, and I, I like the sparkling water or the carbonated water again just purely with a bit of lemon fresh lemon juice to just mix up taste yeah that satisfies me more than enough yep and you did you you kept up um supplementation with magnesium yes so i've taken yeah. magnesium the whole way through um of an evening with my meal yep um and yeah, that's pretty much pretty it. much I, everything I the thing that I, I guess assisted a little bit was the melatonin with the sleep 
Yeah. Um, you know, the timing of that and everything else sort of um, it, it, it aided in a big way as well. So anything else you want to add about um, and your mindset? I mean, obviously you've done, you've done 10 Ironmans, so you had a pretty good mindset, but anything that you've implemented in the last few months that, you know, I may have passed on that has been a key that has, that has stuck in your mind. Is there a phrase or something in particular you, you've worked with? Uh, there's three um, that I've sort of come to the realisation and I guess I did a bit of a post-mortem post-Ironman as well to, I mean, for Ironman, you know, my mantra was just to relax um, and then to reset, you know, if I got yeah. stressed or tight um, because, you know, it wasn't my first Ironman. I knew I could, the distance wasn't going to be an issue, albeit, um, yeah, and so... That if you know if ever got any tension or stress, it was just to chill out, reset, and, and like what you've mentioned in a lot of your podcasts that I've listened to with your 2012 race where you, you stopped and stretched, it's don't be scared to just stop, walk, stretch, whatever, and just refocus. Um, my son with his tennis, they have a, his coach um, says to him, they have the what they call the three F's, so. You know, if you, you have a bad point or something, you forgive yourself, you forget about it, and then you focus on the next point. And it's very, very similar. Yeah, um, that's you, good. And and then you just, you, your mind's just clear. And, I mean, the other thing that I've since added to that post doing the race is just trust. You know, trust that you, you know you've done the training. And, again, nutrition was key for me for Bustleton was – We'd experimented, we'd trialed, we knew we didn't need food and yep. just mentally telling yourself that you don't, mm. simple. We're not getting stressed even if your body said that you didn't need to because you don't. Yeah. Um, if you know that you've done it, you've trained and done it, just trust your instincts that you can do it. Yeah. As we said, trusting the body will do what it needs to do to produce energy if you've got the mind um, stimulation, like the alertness to, to get the body to trigger. Um, and that's just such a big thing that happens when you do do a lot more low carb. You just you trust your body to to keep going because the energy is always there. You're not going to run out of fat. It's all just coming from the mind. And we didn't. We'll very quickly touch on the run because you did similar on the run where you had the cold bottles and basically drank them at the start halfway, and then the rest of the time you just did two sips of sips and rinse and spits of coke, and that was about it. Yeah, did two individual and water, drinks. and I just did that for the purpose, I guess, of trying it. I don't, I don't know whether it was <laughs> placebo or anything else. So I just did it because everything's it was... placebo. <laughs> <laughs> You'd mentioned to me something that you've done previously, and I just thought oh, I'd try it. But in the end, I was just doing. Uh, I took a cup of water, a cup of ice, tipped the water into the ice. What was left in the the cup of water, I tipped over myself at the beginning of the the aid station. I drank the, the colder water as I went through the aid station and then got to the end of the aid station, the remaining ice I put in my cap, put it on my head and headed off again. Um, and I just did that religiously every single aid station. And that was it and got through 42K comfortably yeah, yeah. on a very hot day and where your back was really spasming. Um, but, but since then you've pulled up well and everything's good and back into training. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, it's been good. That's unreal. And busy at work. So um, 
is there any other points you'd like to add uh, for anyone or otherwise I'll let you can let you get back to work. <laughs> no, I think um, one of the big takeaways was me was the, um, yeah, eliminating all those other foods that, you know, although you know, the, the low carb, high fat diet that I was on and, and really focusing on probably got too paranoid on being high fat, as you mentioned, you know, with mm. coconut creams and or MCT oil, I was adding to that as well and, mm. and other bits and pieces, but you really get enough natural fats when you eat proper, healthy, clean food. Yeah. Um, you don't need to top it up with all these fillers. Um, yeah, and as I get more and more into the cellular level and it's it's some pretty far out stuff, I guess it's about the energy. But I mean, the energy of a processed oil, like MCT and all of those other things, um, it's going to give too much positive charge, which is the reverse of you know what we get when we're grounding to the earth or when we're doing a, a meditation or something like that. We're getting the negative charges into our body um, in clean, fresh air and local food that's fresh. Um, so it's one of those things trying to balance the charges and, and potentially those processed foods come into our body with a lot of positive charge and um, that just makes our cells really out of balance as well. But also the green smoothies you were having that, you know, you were often at, you were having them daily, but you were actually I feeling... Breakfast every single day, kale, spinach, avocado. Uh, but you actually felt pretty bloated afterwards anyway. Always bloated, yeah. yeah. Um, and so as we often say to everyone, like those... those Raw spinaches and kales um, can be just so high in oxalates and uh, lectins and so much fibre and all these things that are just a, a big sort of toxic hit for our gut that um, it's a lot to handle in a raw form. So, yeah, cutting that out has um, been great and it's been awesome to, to see your progress. And we'll look forward to making you even stronger, stronger through food, stronger through other energy balance techniques and food and sleep and things that we can incorporate and um, get get some more hacking and on the way to cans. Oh, absolutely. I, I, there's just so much low-hanging fruit that you just overlook. And I mean, I don't think we've done anything that's um, crazy. It's no. real simple, very, I mean, the only thing that I've probably found the hardest in the whole process is just planning a little bit more with the food because being carnivore and I've only done the red meat up until the Ironman was just planning, doing some pre-cooking to have food for the next day or but especially for lunch because, you know, to, to go and get red meat for lunch is not as accessible as, you know, some, some fish out of a tin or, or, or the like, which mm. hopefully now, you know, we'll yeah. add those back in and it'll be a bit easier. But that was probably the only thing that was very hard. Just had to be a bit more structured and to think ahead where I was going to get my food from yeah. but it's worth it because it tastes so good <laughs> oh yeah absolutely it, it, it's been like a little kid in a lolly shop it really has just eating great red meat every day <laughs> yeah <Three> unreal <laughs> <laughs> um and you're you don't have dairy do you no i mean occasionally i might have a and i mean very occasionally like once every couple of weeks small piece of cheese if the family of cutting a block of cheese open to have with crackers or something, I'll just steal a, a block of cheese. But outside of that, that no, no dairy at all. Yeah, unreal. Very interesting. That's awesome. I'm sure everyone's going to get heaps out of this and um, have heaps of questions. Thank you very much for sharing 
um, your last or your your whole life with us. We look forward to chatting more and hopefully you have a good session this afternoon. <laughs> well, it's been a great journey and I, I look forward to continuing it. Thanks so much for taking the time, Darren. Really appreciate it. No worries, Pete. Thank you. Okay. Catch you later. Cheers. So I just wanted to recap some of the key takeaways from this and that is that Darren was experiencing bloating in his gut caused by eating a lot of raw greens um, which aren't recommended of kale and spinach in high quantities. Then he went carnivore which can really help heal people's guts and give it a really good cleanse. Uh, You're basically getting rid of all those inflammatory toxins from the plants and going back to really nutrient-dense, real food. So good quality fats, good quality proteins. And from that, his gut was then able to handle comfortably the dextrose that we used on race day. Another point to take note of is that even though Darren was eating what everybody, most people would consider a healthy diet, he was still 15 kilos heavier than he would like to be. And he didn't feel amazing. He wasn't even sleeping well. And sleep is such a good indicator of are your cells happy with what you're, the input that you're giving them, whether it be through light and circadian rhythm, whether it be through the food and the inflammation, whether it be through other factors of combining stress or just maybe it's macronutrient levels as well. Maybe it's too much fat, not enough protein. What your body wants is easier to find when you go back to completely natural food. So whatever that may be, if you just cut out the processed foods, and that includes, you know, to some degree, the processed fats, the butters, the um, coconut creams, the olive oils. If you find that you're relying on those things a lot in your diet, then it's probably time that you just try to cut them out and find those sources from more naturally occurring sources balanced with the proteins where they come so meat fish eggs and see how you feel because that is how you know we evolved for you know millions of years in that sense that we didn't have high production of these fatty products so first off cut out all processed food that's easy but next off if you're still not where you want to be really focus on your sleep patterns that's a really big one so the stress of Blue light at night will really throw out your hormones and that could just be it in itself. It might have nothing to do with diet. It might just be that your hormones are out of whack because you're not getting good indications from a strong circadian rhythm. And the other key for that is to get morning sunlight. So going to bed without blue light is great, but if you then stay in bed, never go or just never leave, you train in the basement, you never see the sunlight your body's not getting the opposite of the circadian rhythm signal that it is morning time, then it's midday time, then it's afternoon time. So the UV spectrum changes throughout the day So, and the colour spectrum. So you really can tell your body what time of day it is by seeing the sun. So think about that. So it may be food might not be the issue. It might be much more around the, the so your circadian rhythm of your hormones. So think about that. Otherwise, try those things that we've mentioned about food. And Darren's very good at having the right mindset to know that energy is not coming from food. He doesn't get any cravings. He's not wanting for a dopamine hit. So, I mean, he's incredibly unique to that point where he doesn't want for that dopamine hit from anything 
really like any of the times that we've spoken all he wants is that he likes that coffee for something different and that slight bit of stimulation of his brain at some point but he's not craving it and he certainly can go without it he's not living for that dopamine hit from food he definitely enjoys food he he's he smokes his meat you know every week um and he's got this huge smoker and it is delicious i've tried some of it and He's got a real passion for food and cooking, but it's not something that he craves for that energy hit because he he understands that energy doesn't come from eating more food or having a sugary dopamine hit. So keep that in mind also. It's, It's easier for some people to cut down on the carbohydrates quicker than it is for other people. Other people, you if you want to go that route, then you might need to slowly change your eating habits and your eating styles. Darren's been low carb for for many, many years, for several years. So for him, his body was well fat adapted, but it wasn't producing the energy. He still had a few things just out of whack that wasn't um, balancing his, his hormonal system quite where it wanted to be. So there's so many factors and so many layers that we just don't want to pick one thing and say, this is the one thing that works for this person, then it's going to work for this person and everybody else. There's so many factors we just wanted to talk about what worked for Darren and it potentially could work for somebody out there. So hopefully you've gotten something out of this or food for thought or something to go investigate yourself further. That's all we're trying to do. So um, we're really looking forward to more stories from more of our clients uh, along the lines of Darren's um, because, you know, it's such an interesting, we learn so much from talking to our clients and getting an insight into what makes them tick. And as we also heard from the mindset of the, you know, forgive, forget and focus, the three Fs. That's an amazing quick little thing that you can do for yourself. And that's what I've done for many years without using those words. You know, that's what I would do in training and that's what I did in a race. When I get to an aid station or when in training when I needed to stop for a drink because I was getting a bit too tense and my heart rate was getting too high, quick stop for a drink, walk the aid station and then that's what I was doing mentally, just hitting the reset button, mentally, physically, forgetting everything, being completely in the moment and starting again fresh. So that's where that forget starts. Forget everything you've done in the past and start again fresh and focus on one step at a time. This moment, just focus on this moment. So that's a brilliant analogy um, that we can all use, the three Fs. Forgive yourself, forget what happened and focus on what is now, the next step. So brilliant. Hope you've gotten a lot out of it as well. And thanks for listening. There's another episode of Live Your Own Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Jacobs, and we're going to be back very soon with Jamie L. Jacobs in our next episode. So look out for that one. And as always, we love your feedback. We love your questions. So please tell us what you think of that episode or any other questions that you want us to answer in upcoming episodes and topics you'd like us to cover. We'd love to hear anything because it just makes it easier for us to decide what we're going to talk about next. Thanks for listening. Please hit the subscribe button, leave us a review, share it with your friends or get in contact with us. Have a great day. Bye.